Welcome back to the VHS Files podcast. I see you're interested in my waxworks. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little kinky there. Are you in the are you in the candles? Melt it on my body, you hunk of a man. <laughs> Whoa. This is already getting dirty. Welcome back to the show, everyone. If you're new, we're the VHS Files podcast. We talk about movies. We make jokes. We have fun. That's what we're here to do. Uh, if you've been watching us for a while, thank you for coming back. We appreciate it. We're so happy you found us. And tonight we're talking about the 1988 Waxworks, uh, directed by Anthony Hickox. This was his first film. After this, he would uh, be directing Waxworks 2. Sundown, The Vampire in Retreat, and one of Jason's favorite franchises, Hellraiser, Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. I am the way. <laughs> I did not realize that he was the director of that until I was doing the notes for this episode. And even the guy that did the special effects for this did special effects on the Hellraiser movies, too. Ah, get it off! This guy wrote the script for this movie in three days. The guy wrote the script in front of me in three days it just puked out and not much changed really <laughs> man what a masterpiece it was one of those where he was sitting around with his friends and they were like we're, we should make a horror movie and they wrote a <laughs> they wrote a script and made a horror movie it, it's it's kind of a labor of love i guess you would say we were both trying to become a, a, a participant in the film business professionally me as a producer him as a writer director he didn't have that kind of commercial project and then he was like what are you doing and i said i'm here and i want to do a horror movie and he was like well you know maybe you could write the horror movie for me uh this was re released a uh, june 17th 1988 on a budget of 3.5 million did anybody do the research and find out what the box office was oh i did and i didn't know it was that bad Eric, I would like you to take a guess, just a guess at what the what the uh, box yeah. office was, what was for Waxworks. What was the budget work. again? Three point five million. All right, just throw some numbers out, Eric. Just I see. I'm afraid I'll say lower than what it is. Let's say uh, uh, five hundred thousand. Well, you 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 gotta come you're, up you're, just you're a little, little, just a little, <laughs> a little low. Seven hundred thousand. A little bit warmer. A little bit more. Eight eight fifty. Up, you went over, you lose. <laughs> Price is right, bitch. One dollar. One dollar. Uh, eight, was it eight hundred and eight thousand dollars? Measly eight hundred and eight thousand dollars. See, I ruined it. That's why you don't put me on the spot. <laughs> Waxwork had a pretty nice release in the U.S. And uh, I remember we premiered it at the at the Chinese theater in, in Hollywood. So if you know Waxwork, it starts off kind of slowly, and then once it gets to the werewolf and especially the vampire sequence, it just turns into fountains and fountains of blood. So the audience was quite into it for the first, like, you know, 15 or 20 minutes, and then once it started getting incredibly violent, you would just see, you would see every woman over 35, 40 years old, which is a get up and walk out. This movie's actually come up a handful of times in some recent past episodes. Uh, yeah. Jason being the only one who's seen it. He's always calling out people that are in this movie when we're talking almost famous. <laughs> yeah. So this week we decided we would uh, remedy this. So Jason would stop telling us who's in Waxwork and we would watch Waxwork yeah. and talk about hey, it. Eric picked it. This is Eric's movie. I did. I, 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 
I want to fill in the gaps in the eighties and the seventies with my horror. So I was looking for something that made sense. And you had mentioned that a few times. So I thought, let's take a look. I hadn't seen it before. So this is one of those movies that I'd heard about never watched somehow. I mean, I know it was on cable all the time, but oh, yeah. I also recognize the box art. Yeah. From box art, dude. It was always at the video store. These days, kids, you know, they get their camera and they go out and shoot something and they go, yeah, put that on the shelf. But back then, you put it on VHS and someone would figure out a way to, to, to market it. I feel like it's a little misleading. Like, the artwork uh, of the people there kind of makes it look like this is going to be more of a movie like um, Society. And it's not really like Society. No. Or... The rich have always sucked off low-class shit like you. You want to talk about a fucked up movie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this movie is not what I thought it was. I won't lie. I, I turned it on maybe a month ago just to kind of, you know, Jason had mentioned it before and I was like, oh, I'm going to turn this on. I turned it on and turned it off. Like, I, I just could not get into it. <laughs> oh, that's got But I got to say, <laughs> maybe it has something to do with the mental state I was in when I watched this movie, but I had a blast watching this for my first time <laughs> it's got some funny parts to it you're very sweet but you just don't get it to me it's like a horror comedy more than it's me. listed as a horror comedy on yeah IMDb and, and that's one of the first things i wanted to ask you guys i saw somebody write a review on imdb for this and it was like um good spoof horror movie and like would you guys consider this a spoof horror movie no Oh, it's not no. like because a spoof movie. I'm thinking scary movie. Well, a spoof horror is like making fun of horror, but this isn't really making fun of tropes of horror. I don't think. No, I don't think they're making fun of it. They're trying to be scary in some parts. Ooh, scary! They're they're they are referential to like the the Universal monsters a bit. I guess you could yeah. say that it kind of plays with that. But. Just just horror of uh, books and movies, really. Yeah. Right, books. Because we have the whole Market Desaad thing going on, you know. Before we start talking about this gem of an 80s movie, Eric, why don't you take us back to 1988? We're sending you back in time. <laughs> Whoa, this is heavy. Well, Josh, uh, people were simply and straightly jamming out to Simply Irresistible by Robert Palmer and Straight Up by Paula Abdul. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, what's come to be known as uh, the Fog Bowl took place in 1988. Uh, the Eagles played the Bears in Chicago, and it was so foggy that fans couldn't see the players. The refs even had to announce the results of the play after each play because even the sidelines couldn't see. So, uh this was after, apparently, they tried to catch the fog, but they missed. Uh, horror fans that weren't going to see this movie uh, were hitting the theaters for A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The yeah. Dream Master, and Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. So two number fours there. That's pretty fun. You guys know Thanos' favorite beverage? It's a Snapple. <laughs> Snapple lemon flavored iced tea became popular in 1989 uh, or uh, 88, excuse me. <laughs> and uh, this movie came out in 1988. I've got my years right this this time. Okay. It was a typo. <laughs> you guys know what kind of uh, tea is hard to swallow? Reality. 
<laughs> a bowler named Bob Benoit bowls the first three-point game in a televised title match uh, in Whoa. 1988. Uh, you guys know I, I was stood up for a bowling date one time. Yeah, I guess I I just wasn't up her alley. <laughs> he wanted to be up her alley. Bowling jokes are good. Bowling thanks. jokes are good. Thanks, thanks. Uh, and finally, uh, before Hot Pockets, we had these. Hit it, Josh. Hey, don't rush out for fast food. Just drive up to your microwave for a new Chef Witch. Chef Witch? Mm. Just like having a great deli sandwich. Lunch Chef Witch is like <laughs> chicken parmesan and beef barbecue. And chili dog. That dude was driving the car from the first season of Atlanta. Each one fast, fun, and delicious. New Chef Witches. Taste drive one today. Wow. I have never seen those. Me ever. neither, dude. What the hell do we watch, Eric? I, I don't I've know. I don't remember that. that either. I I don't know if that's really true. I, it's a tough pill to swallow. The reality of that. Oh. oh. Are we sure we're not like this? Was it the commercial from Saturday Night Live? Like, oops, I crapped my pants or something? <laughs> no, that's legit. That's legit. They look kind of good. I'm not gonna lie to you. They look kind of good. At you know three o'clock in the morning when you're hungover already, <laughs> or you're still drinking. Yeah. The cool thing is they come in meat-free versions for people who don't want to eat meat but still want to have diarrhea. <laughs> one of my fa- one of my favorite Jim Gaffigan. Uh, That's the jokes. Jim Gaffigan hot pocket joke. <laughs> <laughs> Repurposed. Oh, I know. Let's take a pop tart and fill it with nasty meat. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, can I get uh, that new pop tart? Whoa, which one? The spam flavored pop tarts? Okay. Don't, don't speak ill of spam. Oh no, I like spam fried, but I don't okay. want a pop tart filled no, no. with spam or no. potted meat. Pop, oh, okay. Uh, well, guys, speaking of spam, we're going to talk about the spam of movies tonight. Waxwork. 1988. Okay, so how did we how did we watch this? You had the blue, right? Josh? Had the Blu-ray. Yep. Jason, how did you watch this? Tubi as well. Tubity, tubity, tubi quality. Tubity too. You can get this movie on tubity too. The quality was absolute shit, Jason. I think it is shit because I used to watch this on VHS and it still looked like it did on VHS. It, so. Yeah, it looks like a VHS, like copied twice over. Yeah, it it, it is four three. It, it has like bad tracking at the top. Commercials, <laughs> fucking terrible. Wow. Like oh, it was garbage, dude. The Blu-ray oh, yeah. looks looks good, but not great. Like, oh, yeah. but it doesn't look like VHS quality. <laughs> Let me tell you, it affected my viewing. It looked terrible. It was blurry. Yeah, look dark, bad. So dark, dark, yeah, dark. dark. It it was not good. So I I would, I I am sure that affected my viewing because I didn't love watching this movie. I, I liked the first half to two thirds, but then it falls apart for me. But uh, the opening music for this movie really sets the scene for a fucking murder. Let me tell you. The score choices <laughs> in this movie are really terrible. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on the sword fighting when it toward the end. Oh, dude, we're gonna have a long talk about this sword fight at the very so end. The, the opening is this jazz, right? It's like 
Yeah, it's just completely like it doesn't make you feel like you're watching a horror movie. Yeah. Other, other than the rain outside of the house, kind of dark and just stormy night. But the music sets no mood for any sort of horror. And then no. you have somebody shoving a guy's face, face. in a fucking a fireplace. fireplace. <laughs> yeah. Hey, wait, didn't we just see that on House of the Dragon? Is that where <laughs> they stole it from? From Waxwork. So. <laughs> yeah. Waxwork has influenced film. everything, even House of the Dragon. <laughs> That is good though. The the fireplace kill is good. Yeah. I do like it. I do like that you kind of have this mysterious figure going around breaking glass displays, which is weird. That I don't know. I guess if you were an art collector back in the eighties, the thing would be to do a display. What am I talking about? I got displays of all kinds of yeah, shit. Look behind me. you, like, dumbass. <laughs> it would be the equivalent now of someone coming in here and just snatching all my shit off my shelves. Well, it, it looks like a jewelry store or something. It does. It does but yeah. Think, like, am I in a store? Am I in a museum? Where Where am I? But I guess it's just the guy's house. Because well, we've got this sort of loose story of there's this rich family, right? That's who our main boy is. He's a son of their the grandson. So so loose of a story that the first time I watched this movie, I didn't put that together. <laughs> well, the thing is, if you see this for the first time, you're like, what does that have? To, it goes, does that. You, like you said, you got the silly music and then it kicks to this really cool wax work with yeah, all like this animated card, yeah. titles. Awesome like, title card what? reveal. Awesome yeah, that's card. great. But the, the, the opening scene is like, Yin and yang, like, where the fuck are we going here? What the hell? You know? It took me the second watch to realize that it does this fade from the house in the beginning to the house currently with Zach Galligan and his mom in the dining room eating breakfast. Yeah. What is all this with the mom? She's like this over, she won't let him have coffee. When are you going to let me have some coffee in the morning? I mean, you know it's bad for you. But mom, I need the caffeine. Badly. This is the scene that roped me in, dude, because this whole scene is ridiculous. When you you become a big boy. I need the caffeine. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, dude. I love Gremlins and I love Zach Galligan in Gremlins. He's fucking awful in this movie, dude. Well, it, it, what is his character even? Because we, we get this initial thing. You get this criticism from his mom and then you get later the girl he likes says like he just doesn't get it. So like, OK, what is what is it with this character that he needs to find or discover within himself? Uh, what does he need to he is he being to become a man or what? what is it? But by the end, nothing happens like he doesn't. I don't understand what all this means. It's like they wrote this movie in three days. Oh, that's gotta well, that's the thing is like when you first meet him. It's like, dude, he could have been in our douchebag top four. Oh, yes, darling. And who are you expecting, Maurice Chevalier? He is a fucking spoiled douchebag prick. Well, he's not, actually, no, I kind of disagree because his his uh -huh. mom, he is douchey. I agree with there, but he is friends and he hangs out. He drinks with the, the, the butler and she doesn't like that. Like, he's friends with all the help. Oh, his mom would definitely get along with Kanye. I mean, one has to keep the distance between them and us. They're all human beings. <laughs> yes. No, that's yay or ye or yay. Where, how the fuck you say his name? <laughs> ye. That's the Chinese Kanye. His name is Ye. ye. <laughs> anyway, fuckface is what I call him. But but no, seriously, they 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 paint him as not just a complete douchebag because he he is he's like they're people too. They're people just like us. He is 
not a a an elitist you know like he he is friends the 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 butler guy loves him that's what they're later. trying to set up here and failing miserably that's what i will say yeah. well, it's like mixed messages is he is he a douchebag that needs to learn how to be a good guy even if that was the case it doesn't happen he just fights the bad guys and wins guys if i'm gonna play the hero at least give me a little room he doesn't actually have to learn anything over the course of the i don't know i think jenkins is doesn't like him because jenkins goes your caffeine's uh and then he goes your nicotine's uh like he's just like you're a spoiled oh, well, dick. Maybe he doesn't approve of the nicotine use. Maybe I don't know. I was just I kind of get. I mean, the first time I, I mean, I know how this movie ends, but watching it so many times, but you thought he was but, irritated. It seemed like yeah, he was buddy. Just, and they, she said that he was drinking with somebody. I, I think we're meant to think that he was drinking with the butler. That's what I was thinking. Okay, all right. Well, I, I don't know. It's it's a little murky, but whatever. Yeah. Well, even China, the girl that he's in love with, is walking with Sarah, and China, China's just going off. He's an older man, a little class, a little style. Someone knows how to treat a businessman. Businessman. Doctor. Lawyer. Doctor. Lawyer. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's so that girl in high school or early college that wants yes. to date the professor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you yes, know yes. she wants to have like well you're dating boys i'm dating a man the thing about china is i i kind of hate her and i kind of respect her like there's two sides to her in this for me it's like yeah she's kind of a brat i'm looking for something just a little more in a man a little je ne sais quoi a little what when we get a little more into her and she's very open about like can a girl get laid around here without being burned at the stake? Anybody got a match? She's very like <laughs> yeah, sexually oh, expressive yeah. and like she like she's out tonight to find a D to get on. Like she does oh, not yeah. care what anybody thinks of that. Yeah, she she's definitely feels uh, sexually empowered. She's like, hey, if I, I'm going to do this, this is what I want to do. I'm not scared to be who I am and what I want, which is cool respect i do what i want when i want dig it or fuck off yeah yeah i was like damn yes you I go like girl it. yeah that's where i was like this girl's a bitch but i kind of respect <laughs> her <laughs> she looks like, really familiar too uh dude I, she reminds me so much of the girl who plays sabrina the new sabrina the girl from mad men hey she's in death becomes her josh you just i am sorry but it bless I'm going to go ahead and put it out there real quick. Death Becomes Her is Bruce Willis's second best performance ever. That dude's <laughs> fucking hilarious in that. We're going to talk about Death Becomes Her one day. <laughs> uh, I think she has kind of a Winona Ryder look to her as well. Oh, yeah. I was getting like some like Heather's vibes from yeah. times. Yeah. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know exactly what Eric's talking about right now. All right. Hey. <laughs> I liked me some Winona Ryder back in the 80s and 90s, my friends. Sure, sure. Oh, yes. And, the, you know, the way they were introduced to her and uh, Zach Galligan's character, Mark, is he's pissed off because she's gone off and dated the football guy. Jonathan, the, right. yeah. And, and then obviously they've already hooked up too. Yeah. Right, right. He's, <laughs> he's all upset about that. Also, it's worth noting that she's sort of the opposite of Sarah, who is a more reserved, 
better behaved. Oh, no, no. She's a closet freak, dude. Yeah. She's well, we'll, we'll, learn later. we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> but she, at this point, is repressed. Like you said, she was, China was free spirited. Sarah is repressed. Sarah, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't quite know what to do with herself yet. I can't really blame China for not wanting to be with Mark because Mark's, no, like, Mark know. is not likable. The no. only person that is remotely likable in this movie is uh, Deborah Foreman's character, Sarah. And even where her story ends up, I kind of feel like she was given the wrong path by the end of this movie. We'll get there, but but let's let's just talk about the best editing ever in a movie is right. We're walking through it looks like Beverly Hills or something like that, and out of nowhere, David Warner, Mr. Lincoln, <laughs> appears looking like Doctor Who over there. Like, I'm sorry, ladies, did I startle you? Hello, ladies. <laughs> I was thinking more like Willy Wonka. I was like, oh Willy yeah, that Wonka too. Yeah, <laughs> I just. But I mean, I'm like, wow, that was kind of a uh, like cut. And they look like they're walking down the street in Nightmare on Elm Street. Remember the scene where yeah. you meet Nancy and yeah. And so funny you mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street earlier, Eric. That's the connection I made there. Yeah, David Warner, who kind of was one of the guys that sparked the reason we did this uh, episode, previously seen in our uh, In the Mouth of Madness episode. We brought him up there. Like, it's so funny, the introduction of this guy. He's like, I see you're interested in my waxworks. Yes? Well, yeah. In fact, we were just saying, it's kind of a weird place to have one. It's just, it made me laugh really hard. There's a couple of moments in this movie that made me fucking laugh hard. And China's hitting on him, too. She's like, hey, well, <laughs> you know, she's right. Know. Right. I mean, for some she... reason, I, I, it's hard to tell if she's just flirting with him to mess with him or if she's really interested in him. Maybe you I know she uh... did say something about him being a cute guy or something later. I do believe. I mean, I think at this point, China just wants a D. It doesn't matter whose D it is. Yeah, maybe she's... so. Maybe so. But it um, seems weird to me that these college kids would be into going to a waxworks at midnight. Uh, well, that's a, certainly a red flag being invited to a waxworks at midnight from a weird man you just met. Really? Why? And um, uh, well, apparently the, the either the house just showed up or they just put a sign up that said waxworks. They've never seen it before. <laughs> yeah, they've yeah. never seen it before. They live there, and it's yeah. out of nowhere. Hello, waxwork. Okay, yeah. so talking about influence. You think this movie influenced 10 things I hate about you with the, uh, with the football practice and the, and the stadium football stadium kids sitting on the football stadium. Well, see, here's where we're getting our generational like movies and stuff crossed because I think of Greece when I see this scene where they're sitting on the, yeah, but I I just, they had the really tall, uh, steps, Mm -hmm. steps on this one. It makes me think more of, Ten things I hang up, uh, I uh, hate about you, but but yeah, they 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 need six. They can only have six people that they're allowed to bring. I love that that one couple just goes, no, this is I we're out of here. <laughs> oh, that guy, that guy is like me, Jason, and Eric. Yeah, you know, I was thinking of renting a horror film. What do you say? Ooh, that's a new idea. But I love that quote of his where they're talking about going to the waxworks. He's like, waxworks, that's old news. Videos, the new thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where you do get some maybe a little. Uh, like self-referential stuff with the horror movie and, you know, saying this is creepy. I'm, I'm leaving. Like I got a bad feeling about this. I'm leaving, even though they do kind of come back anyway. Right. Later. But yeah, I'm glad you say the self-referential thing. And we've been talking about, is it a spoof or not? This movie feels a lot like cabin in the woods to me. That's interesting. I thought you were going to say something else because I have notes about Raimi and there's some shots in this movie that, 
feel Raimi-ish that are sort of like extreme angles. Yeah. And stuff yeah. like that. And then of course you do have the crawling hand mm-hmm. later. Oh, I, and, I had that uh, in my notes too. <laughs> yeah. And I was like Googling to see if this guy had any connection to Raimi or even Peter Jackson, like Kevin the Woods. That's interesting. Yeah. The, the fact that it sort of branches into like other things. But now they've been sitting around. They're fucking they're around. They're like, okay, we're getting what now? But they're fucking around. They had an orgy. I don't remember that part. They had time to kill before they had to go to the midnight showing at the Waxworks. Yeah. <laughs> waxworks at night. That's pretty scary, dude. It looks a little spooky, boys. You think we should do this? Have you ever been to a waxwork? I have not. No. I, I mean, been I've been to wax- like a wax museum, but like well, not, that's- not where there's like, I, I get that's kind of the same thing, yeah. but not where yeah, there's so- like scenes or like, you know, set up. It was more like just bop, bop, bop person. You know, yeah, and even right here, uh, even before we go into the wax work, where we meet Hans, dude, I love Hans. I love the whoosh. yes, when that dude does his little bow, he, dude, he makes a noise, <laughs> and that butler pisses him off. It's like, You're supposed to wait until I ring the bell. Get out, get out. <laughs> We've got a system here. The first thing you notice, even with the bad. <laughs> the bad screen is when you get in the the waxworks. There's clearly no waxwork anywhere. Oh no, no it's, it's all people. just people standing it's as little, still as they possibly can. And not, yeah, and not that still either. Like no. they are like, I wish they had more makeup on. There's a big criticism it's like me. this. At least make them look waxy. Do their makeup more? They just look like people standing still. The only time they make it look waxy is when the dude's carving that piece out of her cheek once she's yeah. already been made made right. into a wax piece. That's the yeah. only time. I thought that like watching this on VHS or cable or whatever back in the day, it might not have been as noticeable because oh no, it was noticeable back then. Like as <laughs> soon as you go in the waxworks room, you're like, whoa, these are real people. These are not dummies. <laughs> like, right, and and also you know these will come alive at some yeah. point uh, you could have guessed that anyway but i it's like let's at least pretend for a moment that these aren't going to come alive oh this fits right in with something like nightmare on elm street like i'm not oh, saying yeah. it's as good it of a quality right. of movie but it's like the same sort of like it's right there like that like yeah i mean at the very beginning like we were talking about it's definitely gets a feel of like a uh made for tv movie a little bit yeah but yeah that first time of watching this as a kid i mean you could see as they zoom in i mean you could tell you see the pores in their skin yeah, yeah you yeah. see the ha- moving dude give them a post to lean on like the guys you know the street performers you know street performers <laughs> kick these actors asses, oh yeah dude. for sure for yeah. sure <laughs> well this was the time too when they would use still still photography as like yeah. a scene in a movie like why not do that like Just make it I a could, still exactly yeah, i, I guess ma- they wanted the camera moving but yeah i don't know i it's it's jarring and you it takes it's honestly it sucks it sucks some of the juice out of this movie as soon as you get in there and you see that we've made no effort to make waxy figures it kind of like oh hang on real quick what the holy god dude where the fuck did he go what is happening this isn't natural (laughs) does he have a sling ring where did he go Oh, oh my God! He's ah. back. It, oh, sorry. Was- wait a minute. I had to. I just wrote the script for this movie. It only took me that long. So, <laughs> can I? Can I disappear too? I don't know. I mean, try walking through your wall. Okay. But you gotta believe. Holy shit! 
<laughs> wow. That was amazing. Did you have any adventures while you were in there? Yes. I went to a weird sex dungeon. Ooh. <laughs> Whoa. And you didn't stay? I was whipped till completion. <laughs> He's like, I need a cigarette and a towel. <laughs> That's all I need right now. <laughs> it changed my entire outlook sexually. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. We get our first guy, Tony, one of the guy, the kids that's there, and uh, he's lighting a cigarette. It falls in. We see a scene, and he goes into it, and then we get our first scene is the werewolf scene. This is killed. Yeah, uh, Tony, I will go ahead and note that the first time I saw him on screen, I was like, it's fucking Bobby from Twin Peaks. I'll see you in my dream. Not if I see you first. <laughs> oh, I thought he looked familiar and I didn't I didn't place it. That's awesome. And what's funny is when he does drop his lighter, like that kind of got me when I was yeah. watching this the first time because you don't hear it hit the ground. And then when he goes into the display, I was like, holy shit, he just walked into a David Lynch movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think David Lynch could have a ball with a movie like this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would be so good. I wasn't expecting it to be this like almost anthology sort of storytelling within yeah. the story. Everybody's like, got their own story when they go into the scene. Yeah, it basically is broken into smaller stories. And I don't know that uh, I don't know that I like it, but it's definitely something I didn't expect. We start with a werewolf. The werewolf is none other than John Reese Davies. Yeah. Sala! From Indiana Jones and the fucking Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot jump the distance and have to touch me. That's a huge, the biggest name in the movie right there. Probably uh, David so. Warner. Yeah. No, this dude's way bigger than David oh, Warner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like I said, the first time I seen this even in 88, is I'm like, it's the guy from Indiana Jones. Yeah. yeah. You know, you think that. I mean, growing up in the 80s, you knew that. But the thing I like, I mean, I like the look of this scene probably better than some of the other. I mean, of course I am because, you know, me and my werewolf friends, we love these movies. I think they get progressively worse, honestly. I, I wonder if this movie was shot chronologically. I think it was. I think I read something. They shot Things it. started to peter out and you run out of money as you get closer <laughs> to the end. We had some money problems towards the end, and I'm pretty sure we were going over budget. So basically, the completion bond company came in and said, you know, you've got this huge battle scene <laughs> that we'd saved for the end. Now you have about 24 hours or, I guess, one shooting day, 13 hours to shoot the entire thing. Uh, you know, when you got all this money to fix stuff and, and you could buy all the visual effects you wanted, but we, we had what we had and we wanted to make the most out of it. So that was that was the challenge. A lot of people said, if I'd actually known anything about filmmaking, I wouldn't have attempted to make that movie at that time. They were like, you're insane when you saw what we attempted to do within, you know, what we had and the budget and everything. But I had no fear because I didn't know the pitfalls. You know, of course, I like the weird. werewolf scene. When he turns into the werewolf, everything that's going on, he comes in. The werewolf isn't great, but dude, I've seen way worse in bigger budget films. Yeah. Silver Bullet. That's a horrible werewolf compared to this. You have a partial transformation. The partial transformation looks great. Well, it's yeah. funny because I was watching this whole scene, and of course it cuts away. They don't really show you the wolf that much, and it's because the face looks a little plasticky. But by the time, you know, he bites uh, Tony mm -hmm. and, you know, shit happens, I looked over at Jenny while we were watching this, and I was like, they didn't have a budget for a transformation scene. <laughs> and, then yeah. he, and then he starts to change, and I was like, oh, there it is. Oh, well, I... A half-assed one, at least. 
but it was good and it's not a werewolf movie so not bad yeah, i mean dude and he rips that guy open like his yeah. head and everything dude, i that love was the rip in cool. half that shit's good there's some good kills particularly yeah. early on in this movie but yeah. uh they said the guy that they hired to do the special effects his name is bob keen the reason when they hired him uh hickox hired this guy he says i want my werewolves to look like the howling yeah I mean, and, I can and you can kind of see it with the oh, really sure. high pointed ears and yep, everything yep. and i definitely. was like oh i definitely see that now i think the best shot is one of the ones where the wolf kind of comes in from the top of the frame i think that's one of the better shots of it um but yeah i mean this is again like I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting a fucking werewolf movie in the middle of this no, one. No. And then I was like, oh, this is the kind of ride I'm in for. Okay. All right. Who put the acid in my drink again, China? <laughs> Keyword again. Like that shit's happened in the past. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. And then we cut over to China. And oh, like I don't like the vampire one at all. Well, what are you supposed to be doing, handsome? I mean, to me, to me, they get worse one by one. Yeah, this one's not as good. Jared Leto could have played the fucking Dracula oh, character. For sure. So for uh, sure. he looks like a mix of Dracula and the guy who played Baron Zemo. Like, <laughs> he's kind of got <laughs> yeah! that same bone structure to his face. Yeah, the big, nice square jaw. But jolly. when you yeah. find out what they're eating, that's good. That's when I start laughing my ass. Charles, when the rat's chewing on his stub of a leg, when he find out that hey, they just fed her his calf. The sound design while they're eating, though, is fantastic. It is. It's super gross. And they're drooling. I don't know, man. This one ain't bad. It gets worse from here. But the sauce makes the dish. The sauce is the blood. sauce on it. It's, an, no, it's a little bit salty. Let's, let's talk about the steak tartare. I haven't had steak tartare in a long time. Steak tartar. Oh yes, steak tartar. <laughs> that guy's so fucking bad, man. He says, "Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh, yes." <laughs> yes, but I, I think, I, yeah. There's another take where he goes, "That's the ticket." Oh yes, that's the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> the kid vampire, the son. He is corny as fuck. That look when he, and he you finally see, and he bites the statue and you can hear his teeth in it. Yeah, he is you're the, like, okay. Well, that's some like of, Looney Tunes shit. Yeah. He is the worst fucking vampire I've ever seen in my life. He sits there and goes back and forth at that table <laughs> so much. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. Table chase is not good, dude. It is not good at all. It's weird because you, I really liked how. I mean, it was it was kind of gnarly. Charles strapped the table in pain. He's in a lot of pain. It's like you know, this rat is trying to chew on him. His he's got this open wound. His legs missing. Like he is in absolute agony. And that I was like, oh damn! Like after the the head split and yeah. like the that, and I'm like, damn, this movie is like kind of gnarly. I kind of like the violence here. Yeah, uh, those are two great moments. And then you followed up with this goofy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm gonna get you. And the head explosion. At least his head exploding was better. But the one I, I laugh at today is when she throws the girl against the wine bottle rack and all the champagne bottles start <laughs> that's, shooting. That's out a good kill. Yeah, no, there's Jin some good kills in this movie up to Jenny this point. and I looked at each other and like, what just happened? Like we had it took us a second to figure out what the fuck just happened to the one with the wine bottles. Yeah, it's shooting champagne, out right? champagne, yeah, because yeah, they were yeah. popping. Yeah. 
but dude i laughed so hard watching this one. i mean because i had done it for a while and then i saw this again it's like i rewound it i was like i want to watch this again <laughs> that is probably i mean it's a cool kill but it's it's very looney tunes like you just said the, this whole little interaction back and forth and then she kicks everybody's ass she runs out and the vampire kills her like that it's yeah, over i was expecting her to like be finished off in that room and they give her the chance to run away and then she succumbs to the the seduction yeah that's what she wanted right like she wanted like a stylish cool old guy to like yeah old guy centuries old and it's funny that she wants that because we're going to talk about the one later where i feel like somebody wants it as well but before that let's talk about the cast a little bit almost famous i know that dude i don't know them i know her haven't you ever heard of that guy with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year. I'm sort of famous for being almost famous. Almost famous where we talk about those actors that are in the background of the movie where you've seen them somewhere. You just can't remember where you've seen them before. Can we say David Warner again? David Warner. <laughs> yeah. He is not almost famous, this pick, because we've talked about him for three episodes now, it seems like. Live my children. Live. I was explaining to the people with Anthony Hickox uh, some of the stuff I'd just been doing in Great Britain, uh, a miniseries of my own. And Anthony Hickox said, oh, yes, I know that I was an extra in it, which I found amazing that somebody who has, whose uh, first movie he's written and directed in Hollywood should have been an extra in something in which I was star- starring in England. So, uh, so he is a return, almost famous alumni at this point. And then we have another person that we've seen on this show before on the April Fool's Day episode, Deborah Foreman as Sarah. The Marquis de once said that Sex without fear and pain. It was like food without taste. Kevin, we've been doing your homework. But honestly, like, I was surprised to see that Zach Galligan was in this, and I'm not going to say he's almost famous, even though he hasn't done a whole lot, man. Like, no. You mainly know him from Gremlins, and I think that's why I was shocked to see him in this movie. And apparently he's in the sequel, which I haven't yeah. seen yet. He's in the sequel. And then he was in Hatchet 3. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I would actually go as far as to say he would be almost famous because I don't think he ever made a list. Oh, come on. I don't believe this. I spotted him in Gremlins. A hundred million people spotted him in Gremlins. But I saw Gremlins when I wasn't like being a film director. And I always said if I ever made a film in the States, the one kid that I'd like to work with was Zach Gallagher. Kid, he's my age. Anyway, I'm working with him and he is great. Should be a big star. I've got uh, the mighty Michu. Michu Mesoros. Is he the plane? The plane? Is he? No. Is he that guy? No. 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 Okay, I feel bad about saying that. Sorry. God, dude. Jeez. <laughs> Do you oh, even watch God. movies or TV? This guy. <laughs> Sorry. This guy thinks all. Yeah, he was. R- he was R two D two as well, and in willow no but uh that's a a joke because you think they're all the same yeah Uh, no but he was alf uh famously oh nice i forgot that he he was Alf. so that's worth mentioning and uh he was uh did some stunt work in look who's talking and he's in warlock the armageddon Dude, I like the first Warlock movie. There is another person we've talked about on this show before in this movie. Does Jason have him? Sir Wilfred. Yeah, Patrick Mackney. Yeah. From The Howling. The Howling. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but apparently David Warner shot everything that he did in this movie in two days. He's not in it that much. 
No, he he's comes not. in as like yeah. the guy, and then he's gone for a long time. Yeah. yeah, he probably sat down to negotiate his terms. He says, "How many days did it take you to write this? Maybe three. Okay, I will shoot my parts in two. <laughs> yeah, I'm not shooting longer <laughs> than it took you to write it. Yes, no. Would John Reese Davies qualify for Almost Famous? Possibly. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I think he's pushing it, but just from recognizability. But yeah, he's not a huge name. My almost famous would have to go to Dana Ashbrook, though, the guy who plays Tony, Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks The Return. Return of the Living Dead Part 2. I, I, I just something about seeing him like I can't stand him in Twin Peaks, but I just love his character for some reason. It's one of those characters that you love to hate. But ever since I've seen him in Twin Peaks, that's all I can associate him with. And I really hadn't seen him in much other than that. So I was, again, genuinely surprised to see when Zach Galligan and he was in this. I was like. This is this is good. Like I was pleasantly surprised starting to watch this movie. Now it goes off the rails, which we're about to get oh, to. Right, um, right. It it does it, it is weird because it does. It starts off pretty good, and yeah. there are some fun familiar faces in it. And yeah, it's all feeling real good at this point. I'm feeling good. Actually, Josh, uh, I'm gonna hold on to my almost famous until we get toward the end of the movie. Why are you going to reference someone that played oh, a certain yes. someone? I'm yeah. going to, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I was going to drop that knowledge right before you said, no, I'll wait. Yes, I'm going to wait for my almost famous. There's also another connection to that person that we'll talk about, too, but we'll save it. That's fine. Yes, we'll save it. I'll hold on to that little morsel of information. But is but the way this movie's going, it seemed like this was all going to be a, a happen in one night sort of horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then surprisingly, I was again surprised to find out that they get to leave, you know, uh, Mark and uh Deborah Foreman's character get to leave the house. So I was yeah, like, that well, is hell. like I didn't kind I of unnecessary. Like, well, I guess it's fine, but it doesn't really lead to anything better. I, I would have been fine just letting them be a one night, like you said. Yeah. Pick them off one by one and we'll end with who we end with. Final girl, final guy, whatever. Um, but no, we he Mark goes to the cops. Right. Um, and this <laughs> fucking detective guy. He is the most what aggravated is... police okay. officer I've ever seen. That's a hell of a lot of people in two weeks. And now another two. And you're telling me that they've been kidnapped and boiled in wax. Dude, that's 1980s perfection for a cop. <laughs> well, you know, you, you were talking, we were, we were asking whether this was a spoof or not. I mean, this guy's spoofing movie detectives, right? Oh, big oh definitely. Time. So definitely. Maybe I, you know, when we were saying not so much before, now that I think about this guy in, in that context, <laughs> yeah, it actually makes a lot of sense because he is such a massive dick. Like Mark is coming in. There's no, you know, Mark is coming in just as a, as a, a witness to something like he's just giving them some information. He's grilling him like he's been arrested and he's yeah. a suspect for what i i don't know well this like, goes back to us talking about cops in some episode i don't know which one it was but i'm talking about how the 80s did a great job of making you think that if the police were ever involved in something that you were dealing with that you were going to jail there was no other thing nothing yeah, no other if you outcome. go to the police and to say hey i've witnessed a murder they'll think you're the murderer and throw yeah. you in jail immediately <laughs> so as a child you learn not to trust a cop because they're gonna throw you yeah. in jail yeah. you are the number one suspect okay. immediately yeah. But if this is some kind of sick joke, I'll have your balls in the slammer so fast you won't have time to squeal. Do you understand me? We're going to get to the, the part here where we, uh, Mark, a.k.a. Josh Browning, 
is describing who's going to answer the door. Now watch this. This weird little tiny guy who's addicted to helium is going to open the door. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, wow, Mark, can we be any more insensitive to smaller people? Dude, when and... they go in the door at the beginning of the movie and they're like scooting around him like he's a fucking animal. Yeah, he's treated basically as a circus freak in this movie. That's what he's there for, to be weird and unsettling. That's why we've got the super tall guy. Yeah, Junior, you get him, he's like he's uh, slower. You know, something's obviously not like 100%. He's not 100%. Right, Because right. even when he does the he bad thing, messing up, right? he kills the one guy that snuck in, you know, the other cop, and he yeah. gets yelled at by Mr. Lincoln. You yeah, know, you and he starts crying, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like a child. Like it's weird that he's called Junior because he looks exactly like Eric Trump. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny, dude. Like I he's sitting there I'm like, holy oh. shit, I need a screen grab right now because this guy looks like Eric Trump. He's named Junior, oddly enough. But uh yeah, you've got you've got uh you've got two sort of circus freaks letting you into the waxworks. Okay, we're kind of playing with this well, the side whole show carnival, kind of, carnival yeah, sideshow thing. Sideshow yeah. thing. That's the that's that's what we're dealing with. So whatever. Hey, what did you guys think about the mummy scene though? Where the policeman snuck in. Yeah. Um okay if you're sneaking in somewhere, don't light up a cigarette. First of all, it's very hard to sneak when you are spreading cigarette smoke in the vicinity that you're in. Hard to sneak. Uh, you know, we've been watching so many 80s movies lately, and it's really surprising to watch how much people just fucking light up in places. And there's even a scene in this where Tony fucking is smoking a cigarette before they go into the waxworks, and he just drops the cigarette on the floor as they go in. <laughs> like, what a rude piece of shit. <laughs> the mummy's not bad, and I, I like that uh, there's another good kill in that, right? The, the mummy stomps on the head. And yeah. Oh, yeah. That's There's, a good one. So this is another one. At this point, I'm still, I'm still in the mood. I'm like still vibing with this movie. We've got our first three things. Each one has had a great kill in it. So at the very least, I can say each of these little short stories, I got a nice, good, yucky kill or cut off leg or whatever. But how do you feel when he throws the girl into the coffin and that fucking mummy thing goes, ah, I got you. <laughs> I That doesn't bother me at all. That was another part where I laughed out loud. I thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that You're stuff like, I, doesn't bother me so much as the last act. I like the gooey zombie. With, and he's standing over the guy and he, the, the black goo yeah. dripping into his mouth. His mouth goo, yeah. The mummy is good and looks good and i'm vibing i'm vibing at this point yeah I, i'm kind of glad the cop gets his in this yeah he's terrible he's obnoxious again we've left where all the fun is right that's where the fun is that's where we want to be but it's because we need an exposition dump yeah we got to explain some shit his grandpa you got the attic full of relics uh just so happens that this kid who's been invited to this waxwork is also like very personally tied to the whole thing. Serious. You see, your grandfather, bless him, had collected over the years 18 trinkets belonging to 18 of the most evil men that have ever been. Well? To divide 18 into three? Six, six, and six. Yes, the number of the devil. Well, that's one thing I wanted to ask you guys about because we do get some numbers thrown at us here. And mm -hmm. I was I was like, okay, we're doing our due diligence here. So let's try to look at the numbers. They they need 18 victims. Right. Which means they have 18 displays. Every display has to be filled with a victim. They've had 13 already, right? 
Then they just got two more. Is that right? Yeah, because only four went in. They got two yeah. more. So that's 15. Then they get the cop. Then they get the other two. And then that's 18 would be the last one. So those do add up. Now that we're talking about numbers, this guy's got how many trinkets? And then it has something to do with 18. And then we divide that by three and get 666. And it's yeah. all about the devil, man. Yeah, I get that. But he murders my grandfather 40 years ago. And yet he still doesn't look a day over 50. <laughs> if you sold your soul to the devil, you'd never age either. So, so like, do these displays, like, are these guys, do they, do they have some of these trinkets on the display? Like, does the, does the, the vampire have like a necklace and a, and a talisman or something? And that's his too. Well, I did notice that there's a lot of pentagram things like, uh, everywhere. Oh yeah. The, the guy, John Reese Davies went before he turns into a werewolf is wearing one around his neck. So these which, are the trinkets that were stolen in the beginning, right? Probably so. Yeah. yeah. And then the uh, vampire yeah. has one. There's a okay. pentagram in the, the castle when she's oh. going up and down the stairs. Right. Yeah. So they reference that sort of thing a few times. Okay. But so yeah, I'm I'm still yeah. just as lost as you are about what all that shit means. Like the only thing I picked up on was they needed the 18 victims. Right. It's a lot, and they dump it quick, and they go, "Oh, this many, and this, and this, and this, and we got to do this, and that's six, six, six. That's the devil." We yeah. Go, oh shit. Well, okay. You know, so it's fine. I I was just it's good to work out the numbers. You know. Well, we I also like when we're up here, we find they find the picture of Mr. Lincoln, and that's the man I saw at the waxwork. That's the same man I originally met with China, but he hasn't aged. While we're in the attic, though, dude, I mean, we already saw Sarah staring at the Marquette de Sade yeah. scene at the waxwork. And then she sees that book and she wipes that book. And, dude, I, I think she's having a moment right there. Like, uh, big time. It's a little moist in some areas. We're getting a little <laughs> sweaty. <laughs> Wop. That's what they say now. Yeah. Right? Oh wop. my god. <laughs> I don't know what that's a reference to. I don't know what that means. I mean, I might do that and put my hands on an amazing Spider-Man one. You know that <laughs> hey, I'm gonna get this book. <laughs> I'm like Your grandfather and I were fascinated by all that horror stuff. We talked about it, we played a little, never took it too seriously. But yeah, into this horror stuff. Like you could just be into horror stuff. Like, what does that even mean? Like I People will think less of us if we're into horror stuff. I mean, it only means something in the, in the, you know, if you're talking about movies. Right. Right. Cause otherwise you wouldn't use that term. You'd say whatever the supernatural, or you'd say magic, or you'd say voodoo or whatever, like this horror stuff. There's a voodoo belief that by making a wax effigy of an evil being containing a belonging of his that he possessed in earthly form and feeding him the soul of a believing victim can bring him back to life there's there's one thing that does make sense and that's the the idea that these are voodoo and that is how it works because they're essentially like full-size voodoo dolls right you're creating this scene and it is apparently connecting with the past these things are happening in the past I, well, what I was about to say is it's like, you know, we had the exposition dump in the attic. Then we even get more here of him explaining everything to them. And then he makes the creepy phone call. So, like, the first time you watch this, you're like, is he in on it? That's yeah, what I did. They, I looked at Jenny and I was like, you son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's how it's supposed to play, right? That you think he's he's somehow involved in a bad way. But yeah. it turns out he's part of a 
ancient society of protectors or whatever against they these. larp they're larpers they larp <laughs> on the weekends <laughs> they larp on the weekends man tally ho yeah no they're like freemasons or something you know like they're the league of extraordinary seniors <laughs> Before we get to the end, Jason, whose tagline is it anyway? Yay, fun talk. Yeah, 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 we need some music. <laughs> Let's see who wins this week. Okay, are you ready, guys? You ready? Here Let's do it. Let's do it. <sighs> Stop on by and give Afterlife a try. I'll say fake. Eric, I said fake before. Oh, uh, Hollywood wrote it. <laughs> it's real. Oh, Damn. Hollywood. Getting off to a rough start. Come be part of the show. Hmm, real. He's not going to do two real in a row. Fake. It is fake. I wrote it. Jason! 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 God damn it! People are dying to get in. Real. Real. It's totally fake. I wrote it. God! <laughs> Wrong every time. <laughs> he's, he's gone. He's gone. Oh. He's gone. He ran away with anger. He's uh, very hot. Look at rage. Waxwork. The cost of admission. Dot, dot, dot. Your soul. Real. I, I'm gonna say fake because you're dot dot dot. Dude, you, this is the 80s, dude. You know how many things are dot dot dot. <laughs> so you said, what do you say, Josh? Real? Fake? I said real. It's fake. I wrote it. It was Jason. Yes! <laughs> one to one, baby. More fun than a barrel of mommies. <laughs> <laughs> fake. It's better be fake. I'll say real. It's real. It's absolutely real. Hollywood wrote it. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Last one, guys. <laughs> you can step inside the Hall of Horrors. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> but dare you pay the price? I'll say real. I'll say. I have to say fake. Try to win. It is real. Gentlemen, this is the real thing. You know, I realized what feels so weird when he says dot, dot, dot is that that's not how you're supposed to read it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> dot, 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 dot. Yeah. You no, can no, just you read dot, it dot, without dot. saying dot, dot, dot. No, nah, because they have that thing. I can't say, dot, I can't stop and say space. Well, you can just pause dramatically. I don't want to say space. I like going dot, dot, dot. Yeah, I, obviously. Uh, Josh won three to one. Of course What's I did. New? What's of course new? I did. Kicked your ass. I'm used to losing. I'm He's like, celebratory liquid death. He'll be back next week with another five taglines. Some will be fake, some will be real. Thanks for playing. This movie has a really good jump scare. I mean, that that's a good one. Like, that made me jump a little bit. And that's the first time we see, like, a waxy visage. Yeah. That's the scary. Like, that's what I was expecting in this movie was, like, waxy, like... And the wax pot creepy yeah we finally get the wax pot somebody's going in this wax pot all right i put a note here you're talking about movies that just kind of just keep 
running over something in a movie just over and over like a bus just running over you and running over you. Let's talk about how many people break into this fucking place through the back door. <laughs> and I put down here is like Mr. Lincoln really needs to upgrade the security system because anybody can just walk the fuck in and take his trinkets or whatever. He, he wants people to come in. Thank you. He's That's... under the gun. Time is running out and he needs victims. Doors are unlocked. He's not trying to keep anybody out. Well, that's the thing. When Mark and Sarah get into the place and they're going through it, they're just pushing them into the displays because at this point they need people in there. Bravo! She goes into the Marquis de Sade. And yeah. I really kind of want to talk about this. Particular oh, one. this is some. Wow. I mean, as a kid watching this, you didn't know what the fuck was going on. I'm watching this going, OK, well, she's got a she's got a kink like she 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 likes she likes S&M like. At this point, I'm watching this movie and I'm going, okay, if she likes this, then what? Like, I kind of was starting to root for her to stay. Like, this is where, you know, some of the character stuff, right? You said the other girl comes in almost in character a little bit. Not everybody does that, right? The one guy in the werewolf thing comes in and he's still like looking up, like, what am I doing here? Like, what the hell am I doing here? The other girl comes in and she's pretty much falling right in flow, right? And then the dude in the mummy thing is like, where's my pistol? He's still aware. Yeah. But then this girl comes in and she seems completely under the spell. She's the whatever character she's supposed to be at this point. And it in the the next girl that comes in and goes into the same thing does the same thing. She's into it as well. Yeah. So I'm wondering, is this a, is this is this uh Sarah's character or is she just under the spell of magic that makes her like this. Mark gets pushed into the Night of the Living Dead display. Just a lot of fun. I love the movie going black and white. Oh, yeah. it looks awesome. It, it looks, looks great. great. This is my favorite scene in the movie. Like, just because of the combination of how they shot it, the effects, and then, like, he realizes how all this shit works, which seems very easy to figure out. Well, no, no. <laughs> it's basically, I think he got that from his uh, godfather, Sir Wilfred, just telling him about, you know, the belief the of this yeah. voodoo and you have to believe in it well that's and the other thing about his explanation of everything was like how to end it and break the cycle and everything i was like this seems very complicated you know <laughs> it's the old thing of if you don't believe in magic it won't work right right or if you that, that's kind of the old thing but the the but problem with that is clearly there is magic happening right we're in another place magically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like know, magic is real something magical is happening so whether you believe in it or not it's still happening oh 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 wait 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 it relates to something you just said earlier yep. nightmare on elm street you take the power away if you don't believe so are you saying this is a reference to that well here's this... the thing they originally wanted to use horror icons in here yeah this, yeah we can talk about it now Josh. this okay. ties into uh, they want. They had one that was going to be like a hockey mask killer Dude, that someone was going to go into. That would be great. I've not heard of this. Okay, but but they didn't. They weren't able to use the movie rights and all that stuff, so they couldn't use that shit. Uh, but another fun Easter egg is Kane Hodder, who would go on to play Jason more than any other actor, is the guy in the uh, Frankenstein, uh, Frankenstein no. suit in the Waxworks. Yeah. That's my almost famous is Kane Hodder in the Frankenstein <laughs> outfit. <laughs> Spoiler. You would never know he was in it yeah. unless you like checked on the internet, though, because it doesn't yeah, he, look he, like that's him. Awesome. He's uncredited. 
want nothing but a big old pussy anyway. That would have been really cool. I mean, mm-hmm. this movie probably would have been way cooler had they been able to do that and play with real like current at the mm-hmm. time. I mean, think about that. That's like that's like the multiverse, right? Marvel multiverse going on. Well, I uh, know I have a reference to the Marvel multiverse. <laughs> we're about to get to it. All right. Well, this is the thing they were talking about being able to do Friday the 13th, but they used the line in the movie and they changed to use it on Phantom of the Opera. They'll make a movie about anything nowadays. You know, like that, because that's what they're talking about. Like, because I guess. Mr. Lincoln didn't know that there was actually a movie about Phantom of the Opera because right. he, thought he believes in the book, Phantom yeah. being real. Right. Oh, I was thinking he was just more into books. Yeah, you're right. It's funny. The more we talk about it now, after you talked about it being like spoof. Yeah. We are getting like lots of examples of that. And it, it does actually make more sense. <laughs> Again, like the way the end of this movie kind of ends up, it seems very much like a, a showdown at the end of Cabin in the Woods where they're they're doing a commentary on horror movies and the icons from horror and shit. Like right. That. And there's just chaos everywhere. Like, yeah. it's just I, yeah, you could see where something really cool is in here. It doesn't all come together, but yeah. knowing that like kind of makes certain things start to make sense more. Uh, but to answer me. Jason's question, like, yeah, I, I think this could be remade kind of cool, but people have already kind of did similar things. Played in the sandbox. Already. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. You're right. It's You're right. all because of waxwork. They started it. They did. They yeah. Did. I mean, waxworks has the first fucking Avengers assemble. Avengers. Go here and ready. Stop. Jenkins. Assemble. The senior Avengers fucking all just congregate on the waxworks and come in and save the fucking day. Dude, let's talk about Sir Wilford's battle cart. Yeah, I love it, dude. I love the battle cart. Yeah, when he rolls in with that thing, it's like, okay, I'm ready for this movie to be over at this point. Like, I, 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 I like all these ideas, but like when this shit happens. This is uh, when it goes off the rails for me, dude. It jumps the proverbial shark. It does jump the shark. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's weird that they didn't get the the other, uh, you know, rights to Jason, things like that. But they were able to get the rights to Gaston. Uh, Gaston, <laughs> the pirate, the, the, the sex dungeon Gaston. Yeah. Uh, no one whips like Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good one. That was a good one. That guy is like so corny and everything falls apart. Mark is sword fighting. He doesn't know how to sword fight. He's somehow sort out sword fighting a pirate. This sword fight goes on way too long. Dude. Oh my God. And there's no real effort to make it interesting or, no. you know, it's, it's really just two guys clanging their swords together. Poor production value. You, you can tell when the guy falls off the railing that it's just like one by twos that they screwed in so somebody could fall through them. I've seen better action scenes at like amusement parks with yeah. like the, you know, yeah. the fucking guys falling through like the breakable you know, whatever. Yeah, fuck this. I'm going to go check out the Waterworld display <laughs> over at fucking Universal. They still have yeah. that? I <laughs> Go check out my episode that I did with On On A Bomb for Waterworld because we defend that movie. I think Waterworld is a good fucking movie. I've always liked Waterworld. It's actually. not a bad movie. It's a little movie. long, but I, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a little... But even through this whole fight, we get all these movie monsters. Everybody's fighting this, the vampires. You know, they're talking about the little movie cliches. 
where they pick up the one thing and they feed the plant. You hear, oh, feed me. I was just like, oh, oh my god. Uh, Jenkins gets fucking killed. I hate that. Poor Jenkins. Poor Jenkins. I don't feel uh, that way. I, again, like I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Oh, the fucking butler. Like Sarah dude. at this point knows karate. Like yeah. she's like oh. kicking everyone's ass for no reason. Like she's just a high school girl. Like why is she suddenly beating up like full grown pirates, whoever? Like dude, she monsters. just had a dude. She just had a total awakening in that freaking whipping the sexual dungeon. awakening. Her right. Sexual I mean, awakening. Gaston himself gave her her first orgasm, and yeah. now she knows karate. <laughs> Yes, that's, that's how it happens. That's how it happens. Because when you get sex from Gaston, you get the Matrix style fucking shit, man. Yeah. You can get whatever you want: guns, kung fu. No, I know it. kung fu. After she gets whipped, she her head flies up and says, "I know kung fu." Show me. <laughs> but one of the other funny ones in this is uh, when he gets up there and they're like, "Oh no, he's turned into a bat." I love it when the guy catches him. Make my day. Boom! Shoots him right in the freaking head. I'm like, yeah, that, that yeah. wouldn't kill a vampire. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Yeah, the only I guess not. What I thought of when that shit happened when he changes is, I don't know if you guys watch what we do in the shadows, the TV show, but oh. when Laszlo turns into a bat, he goes, bat! Why would you walk home when you could turn into a bat? Bat! <laughs> That's all I could think about when that shit happened. And there's the showdown between David Warner and the other guy from The Howling. They're shooting at each other with fucking laser tag guns. Like, what is yeah, up with that? Yeah, that gun, it's like it has a cylinder, like it's space age looking. Oh, yeah, yeah. That looks like, it It looks like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen tech, <laughs> doesn't it? It's got yeah. this weird, like, kind of old-timey, like, Did, did Nemo make that? Nemo yeah, made that gun. it looks like this weird, like, Nemo gun or something. It looks super weird. Uh, yeah, you're right. It it it's like, what are we in freaking Flash Gordon all of a sudden? What the hell's going on? This guy, it's weird, dude. And the fact that it's they're making gunshot sounds. It's not like they're giving them like laser sounds or anything like that. You're supposed to believe these are guns. They're firing at each other, dude. Let's give it up for David Warner that he dies good. He gets shot and he's like, oh. <laughs> Just keep shooting every he shot. Calls him the fuck. wax. Yeah, Which he, then, it's just like milk. It doesn't even look like wax. I'm this sorry. is the last one that made me laugh is when he comes up out of the wax. Would you like a closer look? And then he <laughs> fucking dies. No, no. The best, the best death is uh, Sir Wilfred. When the werewolf his, comes oh, up behind me and pulls grips. his head off. He rips his whole fucking yeah. head off. You're like, what the fuck? We, 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 you know, the, early in the movie, you've got humor, you've got some like madcap goofiness, you've got some like good violence, but then you've also got like, you said like with the, the, the vampires, you've got some Looney Tunes, you know, you go to bite, you bite the, the bust, the marble bust, things like that. We've got some humor mixed in at this point. It's like complete chaos. Everything's falling apart. The movie's falling apart. Yeah. This feels like the end of, you know, uh, Scrooged when everyone runs onto the stage and everything just feels like <laughs> goofy. Like, it's just, I don't know. It, I'm like, okay, the movie's over at this point. It feels like run the credits. I get it. But it's um, not over just yet. But we're burning the place down because they said we got to burn it. You got to burn it. And everybody, everything has to die. Nothing can get out. 
Because if it gets out, it could contaminate the world. Just one thing. And they say this, and you're like, I know it's going to fucking happen. <laughs> Hello. It's a horror movie. We're going to try to make a franchise out of it. Which but they do. There's a sequel. I haven't seen it. Jason, have you seen it? I tried to watch it. I can barely get past the first quarter of the movie. It's bad. Wow. Wow. It's bad. Well, you got Zach in it, but they, they recast Sarah. Yeah. And it starts right when the other one ends. Well, Deborah Foreman and the director, Anthony Hickox, were dating at the time. And apparently uh, that they made this movie. And then when they did the sequel, apparently they'd went through a bad breakup and she didn't come back. I will say just watching this movie, like I was completely expecting it to be a cheese fest and not enjoy it at all. And I got a cheese fest that I just enjoyed watching. Like for all the faults this movie has, I'm not on the level of saying it's a good movie, but oh, no, I had not. a ton of fun watching it. I had fun for the first 60%, 70% of it. Uh, and again, it would have been way better if I wasn't watching it on Tubi with True. commercial breaks <laughs> and bad quality. I would love to be able to see that crisply and without the tracking shit on the top. Of the I mean, screen. the Blu-ray looks really good, but it's got some issues with like, um, ghosting and shit like that like it doesn't look the greatest is it is it 16 by 9 or it is 16 by 9 okay mine was 4 by 3 that's what I got when I hit 2B and hit play so I don't know I don't know know. what you saw well when the 4K comes out I'll pass the Blu-ray along to you buddy (laughs) 4K (laughs) still book best buy edition I'm really excited to watch this one again let me tell you I I am kind of curious about the second one Uh, don't do it I know Hickox directed that one but he said he liked it because it was just completely crazy. So. Uh, the the Blu-ray for Waxwork actually does come with Waxwork 2. So Ooh. I may be giving it a watch just to see how bad it, it is. Uh, I'm sure it's terrible. If it's anything like The Howling 2, I'm in for a fucking great day. Because <laughs> I did yeah, watch you, The Howling 2. You never 2. told us about how, that, how you got through that. I'm saving that for that episode, my friend. <laughs> I don't want to do an episode of The Howling 2. I don't want to. Alright, Can- let's do this shit. The good. The bad. The ugly. Why? All right, Eric, it was your pick, technically, so you get to start. Okay. <clears throat> My good is Charlie's leg. Oh, get it off! Ouch. Oh. Gives you the willies. He's in agony while all this shit's going on, all these stupid characters. Uh, he's <laughs> in absolute agony. There's no comedy. He's like deadpan, really in a lot of pain. And it's heartbreaking. Uh, <laughs> all this shit goes down, and he ends up being a vampire in the end of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just really liked the whole thing with Charlie, not the chase, but uh, in fact, my bad is the chase around Charlie (laughs) takes too long. There's too much (laughs) hopping. I also hate the detective when he's like trying to catch him in a lie. You son of a bitch. We uh, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Come on, kid. You can give me a better story than that. Uh, And then ugly is the end when everything falls apart. All right, Jason, you're good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, my good. Uh, I like I like some of the creature effects in this movie. Some of the makeup was pretty good. Was. Uh, I like the werewolf, the mummy, uh, other aspects of the movie. Uh, of course, Frankenstein because it's played by Kane Hodder, so that's awesome. Like they work Kane Hodder into this movie. Of course, I like the movie because it's it's like a nostalgic type movie to me. I'm the only one who watched this as a kid, 
Uh, and I, I've watched it many times because of that. It's just a fun, not great horror movie. Like, you don't have to think about it. You're not going to get scared watching it. It looks a little spooky, boys. You think we should do this? It's just a fun little cool a horror movie to watch at this time of year. I'm glad you guys picked it. Uh, my bad. It's, it's not a great movie. It's definitely got some horrible acting in it, especially from our main character. Even the China girl. Some of that's a little overdone. I don't know. I think China might be one of the stronger performances in this movie, honestly. But you just don't get it. Yeah, you just don't get it. You're not French. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not that good at languages, okay? Yeah, well, why should I suffer for that? And like you said, there's definitely some effects in here, like the whole thing with people moving when we first walk into the waxwork. Uh, you definitely can tell they're people. They're not wax figures and stuff like that. Uh, my bad, or my ugly is... I still think Mark's a prick. He looks like a spoiled douchebag. I don't care for him by the end of the movie either. He really hasn't really went anywhere to me. There's no arc to him. No, yeah. no, no. Like, he's just, there I mean, he's he trying to play the That's hero, it. but he's still not really, he doesn't feel like a hero to me. I, like I didn't really get too far into the Sarah thing. Like he feels like he's rescuing her from something. And like, I don't know, man, like I kind of see it as like, that's, that's her fucking kink, man. If she wants to do it, let her do it. Well, it never seems like they are really into each other. Yeah. He saves her just because she's his friend, it seems. Well, she it even has like the they... monologue where, like, he seems like he's interested, and she goes, I'm looking for something else. Well, she was looking for something else. She was like, are you into S&M and bondage? And right. I don't think you are. You're not what I want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are you yeah. going to put you Mark, gonna put you, don't, a... you, don't, you don't have it in you, Mark. Yeah, I mean, you got a ball gag I can borrow for the minute? No, you don't. I'm not into you. You know, she's like, you're not my thing. I mean, if you ain't got a cat of nine tails hanging at the head of your bed, fucking Fair kick, enough. You know, don't kick rocks, Mark. I don't want you. Fair enough. But that's Fair how enough. she feels, you know? Yeah. yeah. Let her go. If you love her, you got to let her go. And uh, one thing that we didn't talk about is the effect of the castle burning at the end of the movie. Holy shit, that is so bad. That whole superimposed, the miniature looks bad. I would have rather them just stuck with the miniature, honestly. like Yeah, the, the miniature probably would have been better. The composite shotting looks bad, but I, I believe the miniature is on fire. I don't believe anything's on fire with that composite yeah, shot. That very first composite shot when they walk out and you just it has the fire coming out of the windows. Oh, it's yeah. bad. Yeah, I mean, it looks, it looks like the bad. fire coming out of the guitar on fucking Mad Max Fury Road. It's terrible. Whoa, 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 Get this fucking guy out of here. I, I, I'm Fuck not, this guy. It's not that, I'm not, uh, you know, like that, but I do like the fire coming out of the guitar part of that movie. Fury Road's amazing. You can go take a walk, sir. <laughs> CGI but, yeah. fire. That's all I've got to say is CGI fire. <laughs> yeah, that's my ugly. All right, well, my good is the zombie scene it reminds me of thriller it reminds me of all the 80s zombie stuff that i love return of the living dead all that shit i think that's like the diamond in the rough of this movie and i kind of yeah. wish there was more of it it's really short but when it happens you're like hey we're in this movie that's awesome kind of reminds me of when you get into the shining in ready player one and you're like hey this is cool but the rest yeah. of the movie sucks <laughs> this is familiar i want to stay here longer <laughs> Uh, and you know, that's really about it for my good in this movie. And I have a lot of bad and ugly. So let's start going down the line. Uh, Zach Galligan, number one is bad. He's yeah. bad in this movie. He's even commented that he watches it and goes, I was really bad in that. <laughs> and he hated having to tuck his shirt in. He says Gilbert Godfrey made 
fun of him for having tucked for having a, like a belly like you can yeah. see his belly in it yeah um the butler chasing uh Mark, like after he gets out of the one display and the guy's like, get him, get him. And it's the butler chasing Mark. It looks <laughs> so bad. It looks cheap. It looks terrible. It's awful. Uh, the butler crying after he kills the other cop and, and David Warner is chastising him. When he starts like crying, that's awful. Absolutely awful. <laughs> the sword fight. The sword fight is so, so bad. Oh, yeah. Goes so on bad. so long. Does not even need to be in the movie. Take the fucking swords out and give them laser guns. I, I, I'll take that. Or just have them fight with fist fight. They're doing it and you cut away and you can just see the other guy like, really? Yeah. Oh, it's my turn? Oh, okay. Like, okay. They look bored. They absolutely look bored in that yep. scene. And David Warner looks bored too. The two days he was yeah, on he's set, he's watching. Like, I gotta sit here and watch this bullshit. He's like, <laughs> don't you know I was a Tron? <laughs> Why am I sitting here? And the ugly is no real waxworks and the composite shot of the house on fire. There's no damn wax in this movie. Where's the wax? Where's the wax? It's in the wax room no. in the basement. No, it's not. <laughs> No, it's, it's, a, a, it's a cauldron full of milk and a, some rubber masks. There's no goddamn wax anywhere. No, it's in the other room where they do the bikini waxing on the weekends. That's uh, where okay. it is. It's in that run down around to the left. Yeah, I see. I see. So where do you think they got the hair for the makeup on the werewolf transformation? <laughs> yes. Well, like for that. someone who had so much bad and ugly, I do want to say, like, I didn't hate this movie. There's definitely shit wrong with it, but I would watch it again. Like I don't, I, I didn't dislike it that much. I wouldn't watch it on Tubi again. No, yeah. I, I would consider watching a Blu-ray of it and seeing it, you know, as it's meant to be seen or you know, better or whatever. But well, if you can rent it on Amazon, you can go to our affiliate link below and watch it through that. It helps the channel out a little bit. You can also buy the movie through our affiliate link below if you want to. We'll put a link to some wax that you can wax yourself with. We get a few pennies from the sales on those, so if you want to go get <laughs> yeah. that shit, yeah. and uh, if you can help wax us out a little bit. If you're interested in wax, check out Karate Kid Part 1, Wax On, Wax Off. We're good. <laughs> We're any movie that relates to wax, we got it. Well, tell us what you th think of Waxworks. Have you seen it? What do you think of it? Do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? Do you like the effects? Do you like the fact that there's no wax in the movie at all? Uh, let us know in the comments below. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe button so you know when we're putting out new episodes. And until next time, be kind. Rewind! Hey, hold on. I'm leaving! <laughs> So I just want to say, which one of us would you put their head in the fireplace, Josh? You, Jason. You. Yeah, yeah I have to say. say <laughs> Only because you've known me longer. I still have good years with Eric. We're in. The, we're past the prime years. <laughs> I love you, man. You've squeezed every last bit of joy out of that friendship. It's just like a rock, a stone at this point. <laughs>